It's 2022, which means it's a renewal year and you need CEUs. 30 if you're in South Carolina, and three of those have to be on ethics, jurisprudence, and whatever else goes in that category. Look, the year's going by fast, and you can knock out all those requirements with a MedBridge subscription, and you can get 40% off with the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. I have a friend named Shelly, and she's a little lazy. Her words, not mine. She hasn't done any Con Ed over the past year and a half until she got her subscription set up. And what she does is she just puts modules on her phone while she watches 90 Day Fiance. Great show, by the way. Is she learning anything? No. But is she getting the local governing bodies off her bat? Yes. Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Better Faster Podcast, season two, back into it after a, a brief little hiatus. So uh, yeah, we are calling it season two, even though season one was years long. Um, so uh, this this definitely is uh, going to be a fun time as Brandon and I are going to hopefully be bringing on more guests again. And today we have uh, an awesome guest with us. We have Miss Haley Jones, who uh, is not She's only- back. Yeah, back again, <laughs> who's been on before when uh, we had a little chalk versus no chalk debate. Um you know, shout out to, to Adam for, for coming through for us. Chalk, <laughs> chalk for the win. Chalk one, chalk one. Um, yeah. But no, Haley's not only our front desk extraordinaire um, at our KC location um, for, for Vertex on the PT side, but she also is an awesome CrossFit coach who has a, a uh, kind of a specialty or a niche or an expertise within more of the gymnastics side of things. And that's really what we're hoping to get into today. But Haley, first, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? We are great. So so first, tell, tell the people just a little bit about you, because I don't think we got in too much into that the last time you were on. Uh, and, and then a little bit about kind of how you got your little gymnastics kind of expertise, how you got that going. Yeah, we got to talk about this t-shirt you're wearing too. All right, we got to get Isn't into this. Isn't it sick? What does it yeah. say? yeah. This is Coach on the front, and this is Strong as Hail. Strong, as, strong hail. as Hail. Yeah, shout out to, is that, a- did Amy, is that Amy that, that came Yeah, out? she came out with the name. Strong as Hail has got to be one of my favorite, like, uh, favorite names for something, like, like pun-type names. <laughs> oh guys come out, Strong as Hail, yeah. I love it. She suggested it. it as an Instagram handle, and it just went from there. That's good. Yeah. And I'm now excited. full-fledged business. Full-fledged yeah. business. Going to be dropping yeah. some knowledge bombs, bringing the hailstorm to the Yes. Game. So, <laughs> did talk about that with Bobby before, that if I were to be a WWE female wrestler, that that would be my name, Hailstorm. 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 What's, your, what's your, you got a finisher too? <laughs> the Hailstorm, duh. The Hailstorm. That is actually awesome. Oh my gosh, that's funny. That's funny. It would have some twisting element in it, you know? Yeah. Probably jump off the top ropes. Oh, for sure. Like hail yeah. coming in a, down from In sky. a beautiful hollow body position. It's got to be a backflip uh, somewhere. And that's really what I'm excited about, Haley, because um, I want you to teach me how to do a backflip by the time we finish this episode. Uh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, that's uh, a little outside my expertise. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, so, so, so how long have you been coaching, Haley? Going on three years. Okay. Yeah, started at Soda City and now at CCF. But That's three Carolina full CrossFit years. for anybody not uh, yeah. not from the area. Columbia, South Carolina. Columbia, South yeah. Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all. That's awesome. And when did you? When did you feel like or find out that you had more of a passion for for some of the gymnastics side or realize that that was something you wanted to pursue further? Um, probably. 
about a year and a half into it. It was something that I still couldn't really do well, gymnastics. It was really hard and challenging. And something about it being hard and challenging just made me really want to figure it out. Yeah, and that, that's it's funny to me to hear you, you talk about how it's something you couldn't really do because since I've really gotten to know you, I've always thought like, wow, Haley is great at these different movements because right now they are things that are strengths for you. And so that, that's cool to know that you kind of went through this same progression that, that you're trying to help instill with other people too. Yes, for yeah. sure. I think that's kind of how it all came about too. It's to get better at gymnastics, I didn't do like a bunch of reps flailing around on the rig. I really, like I spent months learning how to do a hollow body. I remember that because it was something I couldn't do when I first started CrossFit. And then I couldn't do a strict pull-up. And I remember doing negatives every single day after my coach mentioned it. And I like finally built up the strength to do a pull-up. So that's kind of where I started and kind of how this all came about, noticing that to get better at gymnastics, there are steps you have to go through rather than just flailing around and trying to do the reps poorly over and over again. So that's how all this started. I think that's a good point to start with too about how it, it does take time and, and mm-hmm. consistency and determination. Because I know I know these these days whenever I'm looking at competitions and I'm like, all right, this has got muscle ups, handstand walls. <laughs> I'm not doing this. No, no, uh, not doing not doing RX, right? Something like that. So I feel like we actually took the time. Throw back to, the famously cold. Yeah. <laughs> No shame, man. No shame in our game. I have no problem that we're waiting there to meet <laughs> But, you know, t- taking the time to, you know, to actually learn these movements properly and, and having some coaching, because these things are more advanced than, They're hard, than, than yes. most of the lifts we're going to do in a CrossFit environment. So, yeah. you know, I think that's probably a good segue and a, and a good place to start um, as far as as far as that goes. So um, I know we mentioned before we started the episode that um, just kind of kind of where to begin, right? Whenever you take somebody who is a beginner and, and looking at, I think it's good for the clinicians to hear about too, um, you know, I guess prerequisites that you yeah. think about, maybe almost like almost like a checklist for mm-hmm. strength requirements for just the basic gymnastics moves. I don't know if you have like a top two or three that maybe we could go over just to... Yeah, um, yeah. for sure, learning how to control core positioning. So those hollow body and arch holds. Um, I say for a minimum of 30 second hold each before you start trying to learn how to kip. Mm-hmm. Um, same kind of segue, like you need to have strength to hold onto a rig really truthfully and honestly and with an create tension through your shoulders while just hanging then you probably don't need to be doing kipping yeah, um, talk about that for a little bit so the people who don't know that term active shoulders so you're not in the crossfit term or world you might not know what that means that's mm-hmm. something that's preached a lot in like the level one and things like that mm-hmm. what what is an active shoulder for or active shoulder position for somebody who's not in the crossfit world um active shoulder is if you are hanging on the rig you are trying to create as much space between your traps and your ears as possible Um, That's kind of basically how I coach it to very basic people. Really trying to pull down and create tension through that upper back. That's basically tension in your shoulders. And that needs to be something that you can do statically before you start trying to do it dynamically. And I say for that one about, again, a 30-second hang maximum without coming out of that active position. Okay, that's that's a challenging challenging position to get into. I bet there are probably a lot of athletes maybe even myself included that are doing a bunch of kipping reps yeah. that are probably like i don't know i'm gonna hold that for 30 seconds i'm gonna lose 10 pounds before i can do that yeah <laughs> um, oh man so yeah. and so that would essentially be like i think we we like to call that like the scat pull up mm-hmm. right so like an exactly. isometric hold for that um yeah it's certainly a i can see where that's going to be really beneficial and give you yeah. a good foundation as far as that goes i see that's honestly where i um see people get into the most amount of trouble is mm-hmm. not being able to hold that position especially once you start adding the dynamic elements of like a toes to bar or a bar muscle up or even butterfly, 
people like to really go soft in the shoulder position with butterfly and then wonder why their shoulders feel like crap after yeah. doing it mm-hmm. uh, yeah and then we a lot of times for the clinicians that are listening like that's when they get they, they come into the clinic at that point right they're they're you know hopefully hopefully they're, they're coming to the clinic they're not going you know pcp to an ortho to you know that they're not, yeah. not falling that route um because then they'll probably get told not to do any of this type of stuff again but if they're coming to the clinic you know brandon and they have this kind of you know, this shoulder pain developing as they are trying to either do more volumes of butterfly pull-ups or they're doing, uh, you know, or they're just trying to learn them. I mean, this is something that I feel like is super important for us to know and be able to identify and including part of our own assessment to determine, you know what, maybe this person, the last thing I want to tell them is not to do something they want to do. Right, but, you absolutely. Know, maybe, you know, how we, we've got to be able to determine if they have the prerequisite strength too. Yes, exactly. And it's really, really helpful too because I think these days PTs are, are really good at sniping out the mobility requirements, right? You know, like mm-hmm. we're, we know, oh, crap. It froze. I had a phone call. A little bit of a technical difficulty there. Yeah, I think uh, what I was saying, though, was that I think it's physical therapists, you know, really good at picking up on these uh, mobility requirements, right? T-spine mobility, you know, shoulder flexion, looking at lat length, things like that. But having, uh, you know, some kind of standardized strength assessment, I think, is really, really valuable because Mm -hmm. we don't do that for a lot of you know, a lot of honestly body regions right you know we're pretty good about doing that for lumbar spine and neck you know deep flexor endurance testing things like that too but mm-hmm. you know when it comes to these specific gymnastics movements um, you know getting a good appraisal on that grip strength and that trunk strength that's really really valuable I think that for the clinicians out there we've already gotten some really useful information mm-hmm. for sure so so those, uh, those are seem like very intro checklist type things hollow position arch position scap uh like uh the ability to hold that that bottom of the scap hold or an active shoulder position where you know i would ask are there any more but also where do you kind of fit on this whole how much strict pull-up strength or how much strength we need to acquire what's like the barrier to entry to be able to start doing more of these dynamic movements yeah um if we're talking about like pull-ups, toes to bar, things of that nature, I do like the three pull-up, strict pull-up rule. I think that's a pretty safe bet and typically don't see too many issues with learning how to kip once they can control three strict pull-ups. Um, but my only kind of add-on to that is maintaining the same shoulder tension between the reps of the pull-ups. If you can do one strict pull-up and then have to fall off the rig, then do it or not even necessarily fall off or let go. But if you lose all tension throughout your shoulders between each rep, I think that you kind of need to go back and address that. Um, Because that that tension in between reps is really the tricky part to gymnastics. Oh, for sure, for sure. It's like, like you mentioned, coming down from the butterfly pull-up. It's so easy to just kind of let your body weight momentum do it for you and mm-hmm. kind of just let it almost like the version of bouncing out of a squat. Yeah, it's like a bouncing out mm-hmm. of the bottom of that shoulder position. And, and you're right, that is probably going to lead to issues if we if we can't control that position. So mm-hmm. I love that idea of not just a, you know not just how many pull-ups, but what are the, what's the quality of those exactly. pull-ups? How does it look? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's awesome. So someone can't do that. Someone can't execute three straight pull-ups. Mm-hmm. What are your go-to scaling options? Negatives. Negatives. Negatives, Negatives all day. Okay. That yeah. and Jinx. box pull-ups. I think a supporting your body weight and giving yourself a little extra assistance without using a band is really beneficial because it will teach you that body control, but also you are supporting more of your weight through those harder aspects of the pull-up. So like that bottom position you're going to have a little support from your body, but you're not going to have as much assistance as you would from a band. So I think that that's right. a really good intermediate scale for trying to develop that strength and control. 
Josh always says, friends don't let friends do band of pull-up, right? I know. I, I, I love that. I, I love that, too. I, I think using the toe-assisted version or like a box pull-up or, or something along those lines, you, it lets you kind of control how much assistance you're giving, but mm-hmm. also it, it keep, can keep assistance a little more consistent throughout the movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would add on there, I know CCF was lucky enough to have um, – the uh, Gravitron um, mm, or something yeah. like that where it's like that's an assisted pull-up that where the tension is consistent throughout mm-hmm. and that's a, a way to objectively measure are we making progress because mm-hmm. I can perform these pull-ups with great technique using less assistance yeah. you know, that's a, a great way to track mm-hmm. progress over time because um, I'm with you I'm, I'm not a huge throw a band on it and, and see what happens kind of thing so uh, it's, it's good to hear you say that because that, mm-hmm. that, that, that makes me feel like I'm on the right track <laughs> I think it also allows you to have more of a clear-cut progression than a band because once you go to the lightest band what do you do yeah you know like Mm -hmm. you run out of scales or you run out of progressions with bands whereas with the body weight supported you can take a leg off the box you can support your leg with your leg through a certain range of motion on the box and then lift it up on the way up if you have strength in that other area so Mm -hmm. i think it allows you to get a little more out of it yeah because the band also kind of helps you with the hardest part of the movement exactly train that First yeah. pull. Get through that sticking point. Yeah, yeah. especially like you mentioned like that that bottom part where we're trying to figure out can we control an active shoulder mm-hmm. position. Well, that's where we're getting all of our you know the most all assistance the from the band. Yeah. So that, I feel like that doesn't it doesn't yeah. really make sense in my mind there. But no, no it's great. So we we talked quite a bit about beginners, right? Mm-hmm. You know, prerequisites, strength requirements, things like that. But what about people who are a little more proficient? People have been doing this for years. What are some of the most common maybe mistakes, errors, or things that you're finding whenever you're coaching that? people should work on right it's kind of like the endless pursuit of perfection i would think (laughs) yeah um the biggest thing is loss of body position through dynamic movement um they can do a kipping pull up but they lose core control and they can still string together reps but they're not the efficient reps that they Mm -hmm. could be doing like they can maybe do five kipping pull-ups but they could be doing 10 if they would maintain that hollow and arch position throughout the entirety of the movement same with toes to bar. They can do a few toes to bar. They can string them together, but they fatigue really fast because they're doing them all with core contraction and not actually pushing back on the bar using their lats, using their bigger muscles. So really, it's just a lack of efficiency and a breakdown of technique, and they allow it to happen or like they keep doing those bad reps. So for someone like me who's more novice with coaching these movements, mm-hmm. what do I need to look for? Like, how am I going to know when someone is losing that that core control, losing that position versus someone who... Do I, do I need to show them a video of you? This is what it should look like? And this is what you're doing? Or, or what? I didn't what doubt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do this. Um, there's a few things that are pretty, like, that carry across all movement. It's, are they stacked in from hip to shoulder? Um, you, one thing you can easily see is, is it open can is what we call it, or is it a closed can with the rib cage? If the rib cage is out and flaring, they're not maintaining the right position because even mm-hmm. in an arch position, the rib cage is still not flaring. Mm-hmm. Um, in the hollow, are they getting it from their actual core or are they just bending in half? Um, kind of those things, they're pretty standard across all gymnastics movements. The legs, I see a lot of stuff go wrong in the legs. If you are bending at the knee excessively during movements. I usually see that as a compensation of not having the correct tension in the correct places. Um, That's a good one. And also that shoulder position, looking for that. Are they staying engaged throughout the entire thing? And you can see it when they get 
lose engagement, their shoulders or the top of their shoulders are trapped. It's really close to their ears. So those things. So keep that space between the traps and the ears. Keep the space, yes. Got it. Got it. That's easy to remember. Trust me. Learned that one the hard way. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I came in here for my shoulders a few times. (laughs) But no, I think think this is great too because if some, you know, if you're a clinician and someone comes to you with these kind of things, like it might be a little too irritable to be able to have them just like hop up and show me what it looks like. But if you can get, you know, they've got video. And CrossFitters love the video themselves doing stuff. Is that, you know, if they've got video of themselves performing these movements that are now aggravating, it's like you could look and, and try to identify these things and can and can point out to that patient that's coming in. It's like, hey, you know, you see where your shoulder positions here where like your your shoulders that basically touching your ear. Mm-hmm. We really want to make sure there's some space there. Now you've already got in your mind like, okay, I need to address these things. And now, you know, hopefully can figure out how. Yeah, that's why I love the iPhone because of the slowdown. Mm-hmm. feature you can pause it on a certain part and like really scroll in so you mm-hmm. can look at all the aspects of their movement and i think that's really cool because does, does it you can do that does it x iPhone yeah. X? yeah all you got to do is pause it okay. and then okay. zoom in and wow. you'll see it mm-hmm. but it like gives kind of ways because it's sneaky like gymnastics doing things wrong it's really sneaky like if you're just watching someone do butterfly and they seem like they know what they're doing you're probably not going to notice if they're like yanking at their shoulders mm-hmm. looking at it just head, head right. on it's really diving in and looking at each part like as they come past the bar with their chin are they still active in their shoulders when they're in the bottom of the position are they still active with their shoulders it's it's sneaky because it's so dynamic that it's hard to see sometimes but really breaking it down into each of its like individual parts really can help you see where they're having their fault sure awesome yeah I want. I really. I kind of. This is. This is a little bit more. I guess philosophical and getting your opinion on something here. But. But gymnastics and these movements, as they've been introduced and incorporated into CrossFit specifically, uh, has has changed the intent of these movements and how they're being used significantly from how I think they were intended or how they were developed. Right. And and so when now we are doing these higher volumes of these reps and now adding this this time component to it as well um i wanted to get kind of your thoughts on on you know how you feel like these movements should best be incorporated across it or mistakes that you see when they're incorporated into more of these crossfit classes and then really from a training perspective what are your thoughts on on how much time should we spend working on the positions how much time should we spend you know build you know working more on the strength aspect of it versus including them in today's workout yeah i think that being in CrossFit workouts, gymnastics are fantastic. I think it's a very good way to increase the intensity of a workout if that's mm-hmm. the intention behind it. But I do think that it needs to have a foundation of making sure the movements are correct and also teaching how to appropriately scale the movements. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see anything wrong with gymnastics being in a Metcon, but if you've never taken the time to learn how to do a hollow body or an arch, you have no business doing kipping. And I think that that's kind of where CrossFit gyms are losing sight of these things. They're like, okay, let's do a thousand toes to bar in this workout, but we're not ever going to do an archer hollow. Mm -hmm. So increasing maybe on days that you have high skill gymnastics, instead of a strength portion being with a barbell, like let's work body strength. Do you have core control to hold an arch? Do you have core control to hold a hollow hold? Do you have the ability to hang on a rig? Working those aspects of strength are just as important as having like a barbell in your class. So I think that's where kind of CrossFit classes are getting away from it. I love that because that is the structure you see a lot in CrossFit classes is, is strength plus Metcon, right? Mm-hmm. That seems to be just the, the the way gyms have gone in a lot of ways, which isn't necessarily how CrossFit designed 
the, 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 not what you learn in level one, you know, mm -hmm. that, uh, that idea of how you, know, you might have days that are just strength days or days that are just conditioning days or whatever it might be. But it seems like a lot of gyms do strength Metcon. I love how you're talking about maybe that strength portion doesn't necessarily have to be a barbell. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, a squat and then a conditioning piece that has toes bar. It can be related to the gymnastics exactly. itself. And, and I bet you members are still going to find that super challenging. Oh yeah, for sure. I always know that when we have super heavy gymnastics days in my classes and in my warm up we're going to hit a hollow body at some mm -hmm. point. We're going to hit an arch. We're going to do a whole hold. We're going to do arch rocks because I know that those are going to be beneficial for going into toes to bar, for example. Yeah. Or if we're doing lots of high volume pull-ups, then we're going to do scap Cindy probably because I want them to be able to do a scap pull-up and a scap push-up before we start trying to flail around on the bar. So I think incorporating those aspects are really important. All right, so you got a lot of gems so far, a lot of useful things that I'm gonna be using in the clinic probably today, honestly. But uh, I wanna also just pick your brain a little about injuries that you've seen, right? Because, um, mm -hmm. you know, we appreciate, <laughs> we appreciate all the people that you, that you send our way, but what would you say have been maybe like the, I don't know, top two, three that are gymnastics related, right? You know, we've talked a lot about people flailing around on pull-up bars. I can imagine shoulder's probably high on that list. Yes, shoulder is probably the number one injury I see, especially um, as a result of chest bar a lot mm -hmm. of times or bar muscle ups um mm -hmm. the bar muscle up chicken wing is the number yeah. one source of shoulder injury that i see usually that's my, that's my muscle up yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah they can do them but they probably shouldn't be doing them that way and so they'll catch one wrong and mm -hmm. it's bad mm -hmm. same with rings mm -hmm. muscle ups are just ring muscle ups not having that shoulder stability and they go through and they fall through the rings and that's another typical shoulder injury i see Another weird one, though, is um, hips from pistols mm -hmm. and knees from pistols. Um, not having really good control, unilateral control or strength there. They'll do a pistol and then they blow out their knee and they're like, why did that happen? And I'm like, well, you can't do a step up on one leg. So that's probably not what we should have been doing. Yeah. Um, so those, that one's a weird one, but usually it's shoulder. Um, I've had one with I had like a upper rib thing. She actually came and saw you guys for it, but it was a combination of probably a little too much volume for her at the time. Um, another one of those that kind of had trouble with dynamic shoulder tension and mm -hmm. like keeping control of that. Um, so that one was a weird one that I saw, but usually shoulders, hips. She probably just needs a little bit of uh, ART to that serrated posterior superior. I'm, yeah. I'm totally kidding. Yeah. Totally, yeah. totally, yeah. totally, yeah. Shameless Barbie plug. ART, I'm going to vertex. And I honestly don't know how you can really like palpate the serrated posterior superior, anyways. Just, just, just don't have that. I didn't want people to think I was a charlatan talking about that. But no, that's that's really good. And we got, I feel like I got a little bonus there talking about those pistols, too. Yeah, yeah. That's, we don't think about lower yeah. body gymnastics as right. much. No, they're very, is, yeah. I mean, even air squats. If you don't have an air squat, it's a gymnastics movement, it's not loaded. So by nature, it is a gymnastics movement. And if you can't do an air squat, you probably shouldn't be doing pistols. Mm -hmm. But you'll see people try it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. No, and I feel like we could probably spend an hour just talking about pistol progressions yeah. too. But, yeah. but that, that, so. yeah, that's a whole, that could be a whole other episode yep. for sure. But um, I just just curiosity. What do you think? Uh, what, what's the what's the fix for the chicken wing, man? Like that. As everybody, it's like, oh, <laughs> post that video. First bar muscle up, yay! And you look at it and you're like, oh my god. <laughs> so what do you see that somebody comes to you like oh i've had bar muscle ups and you watch them do it they got that chicken wing what what are you breaking down what are you looking for what's the what's the fix for that one man i'm asking for a friend I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> um well if you go to at strong dot as dot hail on instagram there's a low bar turnover drill that i love 
um, teaching people to pull lower and be patient in their turnover, 100% the fix. I can have someone do a chicken wing and a gri- granted, different people, it takes a little longer, mm-hmm. but I've seen really good success with implementing that drill into their technique work. And if they do that for a few weeks, a couple times a week, just doing the low bar turnover drill, and then they get up there and they hop back on the bar, it's usually fixed. Um, Learning how to do it correctly and just teaching their body what to do correctly. I feel like that's sometimes hard for for people, and probably myself included, I, I mean, or any athlete. Like, once you finally get a skill and you, like, can complete it, all you want to do is just do more of them and keep doing yeah. them. And then to, to bring yourself back to a regression to mm-hmm. potentially improve it. Because sometimes it be tough from, like, an ego standpoint, I feel like. is like being willing to actually come off the bar so that way we can do some of these drills. Yeah. Yeah, with regression, that was one of the biggest things that kind of led to me being able to do gymnastics at the volume that I can do them. Um, My very first bar muscle-up drill, or my very first bar muscle-up, you see it in the video. It was hella chicken wingy, and I kept doing it like that, and I had to step back and say, Haley, you're never going to become an advanced athlete if you keep doing reps this way. Mm -hmm. Like, you'll never be able to do 30 muscle-ups for time. It would take you an hour if you keep doing them looking like this. So coming back and really learning how to get my hips up to the bar and also become efficient in my turnover, even though it was a regression and it looked really silly because everyone was like, hey, you can do a muscle-up. Like, why are you doing this drill instead? Like, looking long-term that you have to look past the the cool moment of For being sure. able to do it okay in a Metcon to being able to do it super well. And that just increases your intensity and your volume that you're able to do. For sure. And I, I remember my very first bar muscle, if I got like a running start, ran across the gym, <laughs> kick swing and long stuff up there. But, you know, there's a, there's a couple, you know, I think philosophical lessons with that too. I mean, how often do we see that on all aspects in life, right? You got to put your ego aside, you know, do put the work in and honestly create some new habits, right? Mm-hmm. We see that with nutrition. We see that with, you know, productivity requires yeah. work and sleep and things like that too. So that's, that's really important. I think it's stuff like people know, but it's always good to, to be reminded about that. And the other thing too, is I, I feel like people are going to go, go back and delete their muscle up videos off their Instagram. <laughs> now, like now from we heard. Hey, I like, it's, it's hard, especially yeah. for the ego. It's really, yeah. really hard to do, but the, like, the return of investment that you get from doing those drills, even though it looks silly, that it looks like you're probably like being a baby in the middle of a like gym where all your friends are watching and they're all like flipping around trying to do bar muscle ups, mm-hmm. but you're doing your low bar turnover drill looks very ridiculous. But the return of investment, it's insane. Yeah, and I think I think well-accomplished athletes, people who are like the best at what they do, they're going to take that statement to home because they know that. I mean, if you if you look at like a high-level athlete's programming, it looks very boring, right? Mm, There's not oh, yeah. a ton of, you know, entertaining things It's in not there. sexy stuff. Right, exactly. And that's what you need. That's what it takes to get better. Exactly. And again, that's it's like that with all aspects in life. Yes, yeah. for sure. So, switching gears, last thing we want to make sure we talked about is your course, your business. Yeah. Right? So, let's, let's dive into that, right? Because this thing's blowing up pretty big, right? It's, it's growing, that's for sure. I've Got my first clinic next weekend. Sweet. So company name is Strong as Hail. Strong as Hail. And the website is? Strongashail.com. We're going to put that in the show notes. Instagram is what again? 
at strong.as.hail. Also in the show notes. And we yes. got merch now, right? We got t-shirts and stickers. T-shirts and all kinds of are on the way. Stickers right. are already right. here. Good deal. Good deal. Ready to market and advertise. So... For people that want to come, potentially, mm-hmm. and come to your clinic, or maybe even hire you to come to their gym mm-hmm. and put on a clinic, what can we expect? It depends. So if you want the sem- the full seminar, that is one option. It's a two-day, full weekend course, 10 hours. We're going to go through every gymnastics movement that could possibly turn up in CrossFit, um, excluding rope climbs, air squat, those things. But... Toes to bar, pull-ups, butterfly, kipping, handstand push-ups, handstand walking, all of those things show up. And we go in-depth on how to appropriately progress to the RX version of those movements, as well as how to make your movements more efficient. So that's one option. That's a the full weekend course. Or I also do skill clinics where gyms will hire me to come to their gym and teach their members how to do two to three skills that may be lacking within their gym. So the one that I'm about to do next weekend, it's geared towards the open. He wants his athletes to be prepared for the open and know what to expect, basically. So I'm going to go up there and we're going to talk about toes to bar and kipping pull-ups. Where and when is this one? It's not that one is going to be in Charlotte at CrossFit MNC, February 27th. Got it. And who should attend this? Anyone. Anyone? Everyone. Beginners, coaches, beginners. Coaches. Um, there's a bit in a piece for every single person. So we start at the most basic level drill and then we work our way up all the way to the most challenging drill, all the way into the full skill. Mm-hmm. Um, but we stop basically where your level is. Anyone can do these drills. That's the fun part about it. It's like there's a scale for drill that everyone can do, like the low bar turnover drill. People are like, oh, I can't do a bar muscle up, so I shouldn't be doing that. I'm like, no, you can do a turnover drill. You're supporting yourself with your body weight. There's not a strength aspect here. We're building coordination. We're building agility. We're creating balance. And those are the things that people need for gymnastics. So that's where it's geared towards. And then it's also got a coaching aspect to it, like learning how to spot your athletes, mm-hmm. learning how to help your athletes grow. How do you implement the appropriate scale per your athlete's ability? Mm-hmm. That's even in there. So you're getting so much from it, but it's geared towards everyone. Love that. And, and I can imagine that there's probably going to be a lot more carrier over things that go beyond gymnastics, especially mm-hmm. as you're learning how to be a better coach and learning how to spot things. That, mm-hmm. you know, people are doing complex movements under speed, right? That's a skill in and of itself. Yes. Being able to do that. Um, so the, the last thing before we sign off, do you do you have any any parting words, any any hopes, goals, dreams, rumors? You want to start a rumor? Start a rumor yeah. about I don't know. Hey, listen, we didn't. There's one thing we didn't bring up. You just got engaged. I did just get engaged. Congratulations! Woo-hoo. Congratulations! Shout out to Bobby Boober. Yep, <laughs> he's a good. That's one. exciting. So, it is exciting. Um, awesome. And and um, you know, real quickly before we sign off, to um, we also have t-shirts as well. So um, y'all may have saw the last Instagram post. I we appreciate y'all going ahead and buying those. Y'all got y'all got on that so fast. I haven't got my sample yet. So if there's anything going on with the Teespring printing, please let me know. We'll make sure we uh, we fix that. But that's on our Instagram. That's also going to be in the show notes as well. To Haley. Thank you so much for doing this. This, Thank was, you. this was so was good. Fun. Learned a ton, and I'm thinking Josh. The reason why Josh is uh, chiming in right now is he's actually with a patient right now. I'm, I'm thinking about some people in my case. So today, I need to start working on some of these gymnastics things with, and I think we're going to probably be testing some of these active hangs here this afternoon. So good um, stuff. It's hard. 
season two. We're going to be back uh, once a week, as always, and um, we will see y'all probably next Monday. And one last thing, if you like the episode, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, and leave us a five-star review. That way we can reach more people. And if you have any questions, a topic that you want us to cover, or maybe a person that you think we should interview, hit us up on Instagram at BetterFasterPodcast. You can also keep up with updates on our physical therapy and strength and conditioning businesses by giving us follows at VertexPT and at VertexStrength. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Have a great week, and we'll be back next Monday. This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialist. One patient per doctor physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.